Genre. Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we call back to speeches from earlier in the film as we analyze and celebrate Spider-Man 2, one casual chokehold conversation minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Zach Luna. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Ethan Anderton from SlashFilm.com. <laughs> Welcome back, Welcome Ethan. back. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me back. <laughs> yeah, of <course>. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've got you back today for minute 110, which is the one that uh, begins with Doc Ock grimacing as peter tells him that intelligence is a gift and ends with ock telling his arms uh listen to me listen to me now um we (laughs) we kind of have a full 60 seconds of just two people sitting across from each other while one is choking the other it's (laughs) delightful (laughs) uh it's it's pretty great and like not only do we have that but we have you know the summing up of the entire theme of the movie is what's happening mm-hmm. here. Um, and, you know, like, like we've been saying, like there are, there are sort of, uh, you know, there, there are a few themes going on in this movie, but this is sort of the main one. Uh, mm-hmm. And this idea that uh, sometimes to do what's right, we have to stay steady and give up the things we, we want the most for, for Otto. That's, uh, his dream of of you know making this experiment a, a a reality for you know fusion power for the world and um, mm. his legacy I suppose uh, yeah. and for Peter it's uh, a normal life like uh, he just wants to be a real boy <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's not allowed to be because he's Spider Man uh, it's it's fun and and I <laughs> I just. I don't know. I love I love this sequence because I I love the the bit where where after he says after he describes what um he told him once about intelligence uh mm-hmm. and you know being a a gift uh, that you used it for the betterment of mankind and and he says it's a privilege and then he's like these these things have turned you into something else and the way that <laughs> the way that he turns and looks at them he's just like is this true like <laughs> it's it's so it's it's like he found out that his friends were talking about him behind his back. What have you guys been doing? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. Like, wait, wait. You mean this whole time? Oh my god. Oh, I guys. love it. It's really nice. Uh, yeah. I. <laughs> Or as if he's like seeing them for the first time, like it's yeah. such a. He just turns and looks at them like, oh, <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> what the, what things? What are you talking about, Peter? I don't. Like, what do you mean things? It's like I've got eels attached to me, <laughs> metallic eels. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I'm a monster. <laughs> screeching like raptors. <laughs> I am. I am so sorry. I had no idea. My mind has been elsewhere. Uh, boy, <laughs> boy, is there egg on my face now? <laughs> Like he's coming out of a coma or something. Like, <laughs> that's what? that's how he plays it off. He plays it off yeah. like he was he I, I was blackout drunk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's caught in it now, so he's just like, oh, oh, what? No. <laughs> I went a little too Mark Wahlberg. There, but, uh, like, I like I, he just like who's president now? I don't what what's where am I? <laughs> I I think that um. I mean, the other thing that I really like about this is, uh, you know, we've been talking about our theory about the the uh, the the tentacles sort of representing his id um, Mm. and and also his ego. uh, And, you know, when he talks about (laughs) this was my dream, you know, and that that whole thing, it's 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 interesting to me because it really brings to light the difference between this uh, this Dr. Octopus in this film and the Dr. Octopus in the comics, which is just all mm. about ego. And it really, I, yeah. I, I love how they adapted that, you know, they, they kind mm. of allowed the arms to let them have their cake and eat it, you know, where it's like, we want to yes. have a sympathetic three dimensional character, but also you can't have Doc Ock without him being an egomaniac. So, Let's just blame the arms. It's the arms' fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty slick trick, narrative-wise, uh, and I. It, it means that you can have Molina play the, uh, you know, she was trying to tell me how T.S. Eliot works, guy, and the uh, <laughs> Butterfingers guy, like in the same film without it breaking. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the yeah, like the, it, the Doc Ock who yeah. like. Removes his sunglasses with a tinier metal arm that comes out of his, <laughs> that comes out of his bigger metal arm. <laughs> right. Uh, oh it's just, I mean, like, what is it? Like twenty minutes ago, this guy was like standing there, like, uh, <laughs> "Bring me Spider Man at three o'clock, or I'll peel the flesh off her bones." Snap, snap. Yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> it's such a wide range. They can get away with so much because. You know, it's like Bucky Barnesy or whatever. Like you know, oh, he was uh, what's the word? Brain wa- brainwashed, brainwashed under the influence. Yeah, brainwashed. Yeah. He was under the influence. Yeah, it's not it's not totally him. So the the range of behavior they can use that one guy for extends even further. Um, you get to yeah, have your cake and eat it too. It's 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 nice. <laughs> yeah, it's my dream. <laughs> I like too that during this whole sequence with you know, um, it was my dream and whatnot. They shot this with the, you know, puppet arm next to him going all the way out to grab Peter there. And then I wonder at what point they made the decision to add the CGI one behind there. Like the the, mm. the tentacle that's up in front is practical, but then the, the one in the back just sort of drifting around like a raptor is CGI. And I like that it <laughs> becomes like a literal devil on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like it's just... Over there, whispering dangerous things and whatnot. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great? Well, wouldn't it be great if one of the arms was like the nice arm that was like really upset and and like cowering that all the other <laughs> arms were doing all the bad things? Like there's just one little arm in the back that's like, oh, I don't like this, guys. 
<laughs> one that like starts to immediately try to like d- uh, take apart the machine now they're like oh no that makes total sense to me <laughs> the other arms keep catching it untying mary jane and mary jane is just very confused about what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know i mean one of them's gizmo the other ones are spike and uh, the other one stripe the other yeah gremlins. stripe yeah not spike oh my gosh no no spikes Stuck i think in, spikes yeah, in the... yeah spikes and gremlins too yeah. Oh, that's right. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stripe and Spike and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got it right. You had to kill Stripe in the first one. Yeah, you just grab both of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I. Uh, I just. Yeah. I just. I really. I really like how this. Uh, how this plays out. And, I mean, I don't. I'm not particularly fond of these of of the the early uh, superhero movies. Um, always wanting to kill all their villains because how else can you possibly end a movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it, you know, it, it's a really good story. Um, and yeah. you know, we're, we're nearing that point with this character and, uh, just like, uh, just like Norman, I'm going to be a little sad to see him go. I'll be honest. I also oh, like totally. that. It's one yeah. of the few instances where the villain like realizes that what he's done is wrong and he has to destroy, you know, himself. Like, mm-hmm. he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't like force yeah. Spider-Man to do it. Like, you know, like, like Goblin killed himself, but he didn't do it on purpose. He did it on accident. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and like uh, in Spider-Man three, you know, like Topher Grace uh, wants to be Venom all of a sudden. And uh, like yeah. Sandman kind of, re- he knows that what he's doing is wrong, but he doesn't stop himself. Um, right. but, but yeah, but like Doc Ock takes full responsibility for what he does and just like goes down with, you know, with the, this, the ship that he's created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, it's, I'm not entirely unique. I just mean like unique for this era of filmmaking, but I like the idea that the, the hero really helps the villain become a better person mm-hmm. in the end. Um, which is, I mean, that's more heroic than anything, right? Well, Saving all those people on the train is more heroic than that. Well, because it's... I mean, in a, in a way, right? It's it's uh, Otto and Peter are both becoming selfish monsters, sort of simultaneously, right? It's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, Peter is giving up his powers because he doesn't want to be Spider Man anymore. He wants to be just a a real boy. Um, yeah, and and Otto is uh, you know, I really want to finish this experiment, and that's my that's my only focus. That's all I care about is the mm-hmm. thing I want, uh, and that's what makes them, you know, really great, uh, uh, you know, hero villain archetypes in this movie is just because they. Mm-hmm they complement each other so well. Yeah. That they, they start out from a, a pure place an understandable place, you know, uh, wanting to bring light to the world or wanting to, you know, have a life of your own. Uh, but both of those are fairly understandable motivations for both of these people. It's just that over the course of the film, they, once you put that above the safety of other people, that's when you know you've you've gone down the wrong path, and that and that happens for both of them, and then both of them have to reevaluate that and come back to <laughs> responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. They don't hide the themes in these movies, but they're good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's nice and strong. I like it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's that's basically the bulk of this minute. But uh, I will say, I one I think I would like to add is I I always liked how he has a conversation with, with the arms, 
in these mm-hmm. last moments where he, he like actively mm. tells them to listen to him. Mm-hmm. And it kind of yeah. it kind of cuts off here at the end, so it goes into the next minute. But I, I have to talk about this because it's it's a line that <laughs> me and my friends reference all the time whenever we're talking to uh-huh. each other. When like someone's not listening, we go, "Listen to me now." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's I do that when with animals. Uh, like that's if they're if I have like if I'm like if I'm around a bunch of dogs or a bunch of cats and they're not doing what I want, like I just I pull a full doc off. Yeah, just... <laughs> totally. Yeah, listen, listen to me. I mean, if this if this movie had come out in the Twitter era, uh, we would have had memes of this instead of uh, Chris Pratt with his Raptors. You know, like uh, <laughs> the you know when Jurassic World came out, there were the memes of like Chris Pratt like putting his arm out to like steady animals or whatever. No, listen <laughs> right. to me. No, no blue. This would be it. Like, listen, listen to me listen now. To me now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. And it's that type of writing we mentioned, uh, way, way earlier in this, um, you know, whole journey that it's not quite unrealistic. Uh, it's just like writing things that are slightly heightened, um, that make these like crunchy little, earworms out of the lines that you remember later like mm-hmm. the the way ursula is all <laughs> on about high pete or whatnot or like when mr aziz says go like right. way earlier in the movie there is a a charm to this type of writing when it works um not that it was working too great yesterday but uh, in in this minute and others <laughs> listen to me now it sticks with you beyond just this movie it becomes part of like your like you like you said ethan like your currency and like with your friends like your your in jokes and whatnot the there are bits of this these little chunks of cinema these little like uh crystals that you carry with you in the rest of your life and i think that's kind of that's kind of great i think that's one of the things about movies that we love is that you can like reference a line from a book and if people get it that's fine but in a in a film they said it in a certain way that stuck yeah. with you. And that's part of what you're it's, doing. Uh, there's another similar one that we do is, um, it's, and it's kind of a, the same kind of delivery is from Revenge of the Sith. When, <laughs> when Mace Windu is confronting Palpatine in the office and he just goes, no, no, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. I, you know, I don't ever, I don't ever know. Sometimes it's really random stuff though, too. Like, um, mm-hmm. one that I remember, uh, back when I worked at GameStop, uh, I, one of my first days, um, that I came in, they were teaching me how to, uh, ship things back to, uh, corporate. Uh, cause you know, oh, when, when, yeah. uh, when we would have too many copies of a used game, we would ship them to corporate so they could disperse them, uh, you know, across other stores and things like that. Um, and so they were teaching me how to do that. And, uh, the manager was showing me, he was just like, yeah, so, uh, so you, you box it, you ship it, you box those, you ship those. And I go, Oh, all right. (laughs) Best of luck. Smart ass. Um, and he was like, (laughs) he knew what I, like, I knew what he was quoting and he, he was like, his whole face lit up because he was like, he was because like, it was it's just a thing that was just ingrained in my brain from watching Mrs. Doubtfire way too many times as a kid. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and he was he was he just was quoting it as just like, well, he's not going to get this, but it, it'll be fun for me. And then I totally right, got it. Right. And it just like blew him away. And it's it's sometimes it can be something as little as 
just some random scene in Mrs. Doubtfire, but yeah. yeah. But it genuinely connects you for a second. The idea that like we had a shared experience, even if we weren't, if we, even if I didn't watch Miss Doubtfire with you, we both had that experience growing up of watching that film. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's really fun. The one. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was an alarm it's, on my phone. It's okay. Oh, it's a lot of <laughs> Um, one for for me that I used to say way too often until my my girlfriend pointed it out to me, so I kind of like catch myself now. Is um, I used to watch Men that's, in Black. That's like, never a, a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is like, you say that so much, and then and you're like, oh, oh no, no. Oh, I have a catchphrase. Suddenly no. aware. <laughs> self-awareness has grown and the shame has also grown with it um was that so i watched men in black like a lot a lot growing up and tommy lee jones's performance in that film is one of the best in like any sci-fi film i think but uh there is a little throwaway line he does about um it's very early on when he's like interviewing will smith for the first time about chasing down some alien and he just says the phrase that's tough kid that's double tough and i for some reason just that's blank that's double blank became part of like my way of i would never say very i would never say like oh there's a lot of whatever i'd be like yeah no it's hot man that's a double hot i couldn't stop doing it until somebody pointed out and they're like you're doing the thing i get it but you're doing (laughs) see for me for men in black it was the way vincent d'onofrio said more Uh, that's funny. Right about one thing. Yeah, I mean, is that that better? I'm a top revolutionary ladder. (laughs) It's so good, you guys. It's like perfect. We should do that for the weekend view. Going sure, yeah. God, what a good man. So, so Ethan, what's your uh, what what's your history with uh, with Spider Man as a as a pop culture character? Uh, You know, I was never um, a kid who read comic books or anything growing up. I I was aware of Spider Man. Um, Every now and then, I would catch you know the the animated series that would pop up on you know Fox Kids on Saturday morning when you know when Saturday morning cartoons were still a thing. And, um, mm-hmm. but like, but I really only started becoming much more familiar with Spider-Man because of, you know, the movies that Sam Raimi, uh, was directing and around the time, you know, this, it, they came out when I was in high school. And so uh, it was when yeah. I started, was getting into reading movie news a lot because I, I started having a really strong passion about movies and it was when I was getting into production and learning everything that I could about them. And so because of that, I learned a lot about Spider-Man just through reading about, you know, people theorizing about where sequels could go after the first one came out and th- things that might happen. Yeah. And so um, and I, I've really come to embrace him. He's, he's one of my favorite Marvel characters for sure. Um, I've I, I'm still mm-hmm. not a huge comic reader, but I, I have gone out of my way to read some. I, I do love uh, Spider-Man's arc in the Civil War series for Marvel. Um, mm-hmm, and yeah. so so, yeah, it's yeah. it's. Um, and then it's it's been frustrating to see how he's been handled, you know, as I, I've you know grown up and he's been tossed around by Sony, and you know it was it was so frustrating <laughs> how Spider Man three you know became what it was. Um, I definitely mm. think that it has elements that can be defended, but it's still largely a mess. And you know, the, the Amazing Spider Man movies were even more frustrating to me just because there was clearly something good there that could have been done, but they just tried tried to bite mm-hmm. off more than they could chew. 
And and now I love Tom Holland's new Spider-Man. Um, I, I I absolutely am so so glad Sony decided to embrace Marvel and let them share and figure out what the best way to approach him as a character and let him play with the Avengers. You know, it's just, it's just a cool yeah. thing to have a character like that mixed in with all these adult characters. You know, that that's one thing that makes Spider-Man unique to me, and that's one thing that I think this Spider-Man nails much better than Raimi's did. Is that Peter Parker is really feels like he's a kid. You know, he's dealing with a lot of teenage issues, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I really like that about it. it. It separates him from the rest of the superheroes that are out there. There are very, uh, there, there really aren't any teenage superheroes like that, especially when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who you, you can tell stories that feel that much more grounded because of the struggles he went through. And it instantly makes him that much more uh, easy to identify with, because we've all gone, gone through adolescence. And yeah. so I think that's one of the reasons I, I've, I came to love Spider-Man so much and still... Uh, you know, really enjoy him as a character all, through all these reboots. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think that we're 14 years on from Spider-Man 2. And we <laughs> it was a long journey to get here. But now we're in a space where, like, he's back on top again. And uh, it's ex- it's an exciting time. Also with the, the end of the Spider-Verse that's coming out uh, this year as well. That, right. Like, right. we've got um, on the animated side as well. But, yeah, no, it's... He's he's a big character for a reason, and it's it's always fun to hear from people like you don't have to have been like a comic book like devotee devotee. I don't. I was about to say a word that I only read in print, and then, <laughs> then I was gonna screw it up when I said it out loud. You don't have to be somebody who's like obsessed with comic books to like ha- Spider Man to have like a big impact on your life. He is one of those br- breakout characters that is um, so unique and has been in so many different mediums that almost everybody has a sort of unique story of like, oh, this is how I came to know about Spider-Man from like a video game, or this is how I came to know Spider-Man from this comic. And for a lot of people, these movies are that entry point. And it's it's hard to overstate how important they were at, um, you know, bringing this sort of larger than life mythical, mythical character to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think, I think too, I mean, I, I know that, I know that people give um, uh, Sam Raimi and and Tommy McGuire a lot of crap for like, oh, he's the he's he's the oldest you know twenty year old kid that you've ever seen, um, you know. Uh, but I I think I think at the end of the day, when you look at that first film and how quickly Raimi got him out of high school, uh, it mm-hmm. really did seem like he was more of a fan of the Ramita era, like the college era. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and that was probably what he was more interested in. So it is it is fun sort of going back and, and having a Spider-Man in high school because yeah. it's it's definitely a different vibe, you know, and it's and it's let it yeah, it's letting him be a kid and things, and it's it seems to be something that Raimi wasn't super interested in, just in general. Um right. he seemed to be more interested in the Peter that is uh in college and struggling to get his life together. Um, yeah, which is uh, you know fair, I think. I mean, he sure went for it on this one. Yeah, he I did. think it paid off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ethan, you got any uh, closing thoughts on uh, Spider-Man Two or the the Raimi Spider-Man films in general? You know, I just think it's like that Spider-Man Two is still one of the best superhero movies that's ever been made. You know, it's uh, it's been around for for a while now. Uh, two thousand mm. two thousand three, right? Four. 2004. 2004. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's been 14 years, you know, um, and it's 
it still holds up, you know, and I think it, what works about it, you know, is that it was never really trying to do anything except be a contained superhero story. And that mm-hmm. was very character driven and wasn't set up, you know, didn't set out to like look at future chapters and be like, well, how can we, you know, situate this character so that it sets up all these, these things he can do in the future. Like they focused on the character as he was now. And they did that with the villain too. And they created a villain that, shares a lot of traits with its hero and that's what makes you know the best villains are the 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 villains that challenge our hero because he they see a lot of themselves in that person Mm -hmm. Uh, and so and i think that's why the movie has like stood the test of time for so long they they did so much right with you know the idea of superheroes and like not really making it about good versus evil just about people making mistakes and learning from them yeah 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 agree completely Um, all right. Well, Ethan, where, thanks for joining us. Where, uh, remind everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me over at SlashFilm.com, writing about movies and TV and all that jazz. Uh, you can also listen to our SlashFilm Daily podcast, published every weekday, where we recap some of the biggest uh, news stories of the day. You can also find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderton. And I've got my own podcast called Go Flix Yourself, F-L-I-X, available on <laughs> iTunes and some other podcasting platforms. All right. Sounds great. And uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, in the meantime, you can go check out our Patreon page if that's the thing that you're interested in. That's duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, $3 a month and you gain access to the Weekend Bugle, our our weekend edition of the show where we talk about all things Spider-Man and Spider-Man related, uh, along yeah. with uh, all of the other uh, special content that we put up for, for duelinggenre.com, including all of our podcast movie reviews and things like that everything exclusive to patreon you can get for three dollars a month on uh, on our on our patreon page it's duelinggenre.com slash support and we'll be back on monday with minute 111 bye everybody enjoy your weekend